Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, January 20th, in observance of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And a celebration going on at Concordia University, Nebraska today. And the keynote speaker for that, the Reverend Dr. Dean Taylor uh, from Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Bronx, New York, uh, also serves in a, a variety of, uh, wears a lot of hats, uh, <laughs> serving in a, a variety for... right, for all the notes today. But uh, he'll be the keynote speaker for that uh, celebration today. And uh, we had the privilege of having some studio time with Dr. Taylor um, prior to the event. So we get to talk with Dr. Taylor. Uh, and so obviously this is pre-recorded uh, sharing yeah. this with you today. Dr. Taylor, <laughs> thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you. Uh, let's learn about, share with us about um, the Bronx, for those of us who don't know about life in the Bronx, and particularly Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church. But first, paint a picture for us of the, the Bronx today in New York. Sure. The, the, the Bronx is one of the five boroughs of New York City, uh, and uh, each borough is a county as well. The Bronx has a little over 1.4 million people who reside in it, and one of the few counties, I think, in the United States named after a Lutheran, uh, Jonas oh. Bronx. Uh, it's it's awesome to be a Lutheran pastor in a Lutheran congregation in a place named after a Lutheran. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to be a congregation, uh, we say we were a parish of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Center, where God's people pray. Uh, Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church, by God's grace, is a praying community of service that receives, teaches, celebrates, and shares Christ Jesus. And we've done so for now over 90 years of, of existence, and uh, by God's mercy and grace, continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a multicultural congregation. We have over 30 different ethnic and cultural groups of people who come together, five regular worship services a week, uh, uh, very, very active uh, in a lot of ways, especially in our neighborhood and throughout the world. So we're delighted to be the body of Christ. Wow. That... that... And there's so many, so many different people in a church like that. It, it would be such a different experience from uh, maybe probably a lot of our listeners. How does I, we'll we'll get to Martin Luther King Jr. Day in a second? But I want to know um, how how your church actually does reach out into that that broad of of a community. What's exciting for us is that by God's mercy and grace, working through word and sacrament, the Lord allows us to be the body of Christ together. And what we have in common is our Lord Jesus Christ as sinful people redeemed by his precious blood uh, who have been raised with him in holy baptism and sent out to serve. And uh, because of that, uh, all of us are uh, able to witness uh, to our Lord's death and resurrection and everything that we say and everything that we do, recognizing that uh, we can have many things that make us different from each other, but uh, there is one who brings us together, and that's the Lord Jesus. And that's why our, our baptismal fonts, our altar and, and pulpit are so absolutely critical and central for mm-hmm. our life together. And that's why worship, uh, the gathering of the assembly by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, is just vital uh, for our life uh, together. And that uh, propels us for service in the world. Uh, there is no such thing as keeping that to yourself. One does not hide it under a bush. Uh, but but one <laughs> takes that good news of Jesus Christ uh, that one has shared uh, and and. and and, and has received in one's ears, in one's mouth, uh, in one's heart, and takes that out into the world. And, and that's what's been so powerful about doing that. And as such, uh, we've been able to open up our doors to people who live uh, in our neighborhood, uh, which is the Wakefield section of the Bronx, or in the very, very tippy top of the Bronx. <laughs> so I've said we're on the top of New York City. Uh, <laughs> no greater place to be than on the top of the Big Apple. Uh, uh, but uh, 
there as as we are, we're able to uh, to to help uh, real people and real families, working families and the like, and uh, with with close proximity to to places beyond. It just positions us in a in a great place to do some great work uh, with with real people with the real gospel of Jesus. You mentioned earlier the large number of uh, ethnicities represented in your congregation. Now, obviously, English being one of the languages spoken there, how many languages are spoken in conversations, whether in the services or in the the fellowship? Well, Uh, typically, our worship services are in English with components in Spanish as well. mm -hmm. Uh, And what's interesting is that we, uh, along with our deaconess, Deaconess Raquel A. Rojas, and and I have endeavored to to teach Spanish to English speakers, Mm. uh, as Spanish is the most uh, spoken language in the Bronx, Mm. more than English. 52% 52% actually wow. are Spanish speakers. Uh, so our, our endeavor has been to learn the language of people if we don't know it already. Uh, but then certainly uh, languages like Hindi and Ibu are, are things that you could also be hearing uh, spoken among uh, people and uh, experienced as a number of our congregation members come from the continent of Africa, all throughout the Caribbean basin and South America, parts of Europe and certainly the United States. So it's, it's, it's really a grand experience. I want to go visit. I want to go to a potluck. Oh, yes. those are amazing. <laughs> the real go. deal with real people making real good food. Oh, man. Wow. That sounds fantastic. So, <laughs> it's always the, food. <laughs> today, uh, observing the legacy of Dr. King. Uh, and you have the, the honor of being the keynote speaker for Concordia University, Nebraska. Uh, what will you be sharing with? Uh, the those attendees at the celebration at Concordia University, Nebraska. What's what's fascinating is uh, having been given the opportunity to go to Nebraska uh, from New York City. Uh, <laughs> I, I think is is uh, tremendous. It reminds me as a student who uh, was a graduate uh, of Concordia College, New York, uh, and uh, one who's very very thankful for our Concordia University system in in general. Uh, to know that we used to have student teachers who came from Concordia University, Nebraska, who would do their student teaching in New York City. And and uh, just just so grateful and thankful uh, for the way that Concordia University in Nebraska has always seen uh, life far beyond uh, the confines of Nebraska, far beyond the geographical uh, uh, location of, of the Midwest, but seeing that we're living in a global world uh, and, and how we're going to engage each other. Uh, so um, when I'd received this very gracious invitation to come to mm-hmm. Concordia University in Nebraska, uh, I was really, really thrilled about it. And to be able to do so at a time we remember the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, is especially uh, poignant. I also am uh, an adjunct instructor at Concordia College, New York, and I'm actually putting together a course on the on on two Martins, Martin Luther and Martin Luther King, and and helping people to see how these two have intersected, especially as we understand the notions of freedom, and salvation, and justice, uh, and in 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 the world. So uh, when I was asked to uh, to come to Concordia University, in Nebraska, I was asked about a theme, and the theme clearly as uh, let freedom ring, as it gives us a chance to be able to see how the freedom that we've been given in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for all of us, who rose from the dead for us, who ascended in glory and is coming back uh, at, at, at the end of time, uh, has called us to, to, to lives of service in freedom. And that freedom is not something that we should take for granted, but that freedom is, is, is not a freedom from as much as it is a freedom toward service, a freedom for action, a freedom that liberates us to look at our neighbors as as people and uh, to see how we can serve each other in love. Why is the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. important for us to still remember and think about um, and consider now? 
named after uh, Martin Luther from Germany, uh, certainly as his father, and uh, and and he both carried that legacy of, of of wanting to see how God's extravagant grace has has affected us in in our lives. Uh, we can see that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was given an extraordinary opportunity uh, as a, a man who himself was short in stature, uh, but like David, uh, with a small stone, was able to hurl that stone by God's mercy and grace at the Goliath of forces uh, that had impeded uh, the work of the gospel, impeded the work of the kingdom among us, and in doing so, uh, inspired countless people, not just in the United States of America, but all over the world, to understand uh, the beauty and power of one's dream, a dream for freedom, a dream for opportunity, a dream where, where people can be regarded as people who are each valuable to our Lord. How appropriate, especially in the month of January, when we, uh, as a church body and, and certainly others around the world, uh, champion life, mm-hmm. and, and, and we see how important every single life is uh, to, to remember the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as one who valued that life as well, uh, who himself uh, was a sinner, uh, but, but himself was one who was saved by God's grace through faith on account of Jesus Christ. And, and that uh, also reminds us that we as sinful people who are imperfect, who have not yet maybe arrived uh, uh, completely uh, as, as our Lord would, would have us, have the opportunity still in our own way to make significant differences in the world. And, and he certainly is one who has been uh, elevated as, as an example for us. Uh, and uh, it gives us a great opportunity to show the intersection of how justice and justification, how one is saved, actually influences a life of justice, a life of living that freedom together. I'm intrigued by the college course. The, I know the the, the two Martins. Uh, <laughs> where do you see uh, where do you see opportunities for us to in light of Dr. King's um, legacy? Where do you see opportunities for us to continue to learn and grow today? Sure. I, I think that Dr. King's uh, legacy is one that points us right back to the Apostle Paul, who, of course, points us to our Lord Jesus. Uh, when we understand uh, that we're, uh, we've been buried with Christ in baptism into death and that we've been raised with him to new life and that that, that, that new life is one where we don't have to carry uh, some of those old uh, uh, pieces of, of bondage and baggage that have so restricted us uh, through the ages, uh, that have, have made us uh, myopic in our perspective, mm-hmm. that have deadened our senses to the needs of those around us. I, I think that uh, we are given a unique opportunity as, as blood-bought children of the Most High God uh, to embrace our vocations gladly and joyfully uh, uh, and, and, and looking at neighbors the way that Jesus would have us see our neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Remember, was the question posed to him. And then he gave us this magnificent cross-cultural story about how uh, it is to love and engage one's neighbor. Uh, and that was the uh, certainly then echoed by the Apostle Paul and then in the life of uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And then my dream is that that's echoed throughout all of our lives today, uh, that it's not the remembrance of a person uh, who died, uh, but this is the remembrance of a person who died in Christ. And just as he died in Christ and is raised in Christ, we are raised in Christ to do good works in the world. Uh, there, 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 there certainly is uh, plenty of opportunity. One doesn't have to go very far uh, to see 
see uh, the evils of bigotry and racism and hatred uh, rearing its ugly and dastardly head all around us. Uh, but, but the Lord has given us uh, the weapons of the Spirit uh, to be the body of Jesus Christ in the world. And, and that's a profound honor for us. And we can do so in the small ways of, of recognizing our neighbors as people around us every day. The Reverend Dr. Dean Taylor is the pastor of Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Bronx, New York, first vice president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Atlantic District, president's representative of the LCMS Board for National Mission, and keynote speaker at the Concordia University, Nebraska Martin Luther King Jr. celebration. Thank you so much, Dr. Taylor, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today and uh, for your service to the church. It has been a joy. Thank you. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.